All right, Slate Plus members, welcome to your weekly bonus segment. And as is tradition, your weekly bonus segment takes place in the locale of Piscataway, New Jersey, where the University of Michigan beat Rutgers on Saturday. Uh, the score was 78 to nothing. The Wolverines outgained the Scarlet Knights 600 yards to 39. You can probably guess which of those schools is the Wolverines and which is the Scarlet Knights. Uh, Michigan got 23 first downs to two for Rutgers. Is that bad, Stefan? Sounds bad. That's all right. I think it's bad. There's some good news. Punter got a lot of work. <laughs> uh, our colleague Ben Mathis Lilly is a Michigan fan. He was in Piscataway on Saturday night, coincidentally, and uh, watched the game. Welcome, Ben. Hi, guys. So my question for you is, is there a certain point of the game, and if so, uh, which point was it where you got bored? Um, so I'm the kind of fan, as I actually said this, uh, it's funny that you asked because I actually said this to the, to the two people who went with me uh, who, are, who have um, a more casual relationship with the football team. Uh, I said, you know, unfortunately, guys, I'm the kind of person who knows the names of all the backups and wants to see how they're doing and, you know, how they're developing. So I'm going to actually stay for the entire second half. And, and they were, um, you know, they were amenable to that, which was fortunate for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, when when that score got up in the 60s, uh, at that point, certainly, you know, there was not going to be a comeback. You know, you always think like maybe in the second, <laughs> maybe in the second half, maybe, you know, inspirational locker room speech, uh, change of strategy. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and 43 points, it's like crazier things have happened. The rehiring of Greg Schiano. <laughs> exactly. Actually, uh, I don't think crazier things have happened. No, 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 I, yeah. by Chris Christie. There's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, once, uh, once, once the clock starts ticking in the second half and, and the backups are still... I mean, I, one thing I, wanted, I think should be emphasized uh, for people who, who didn't watch the second half, which hopefully is nobody, is, is everyone, uh, <laughs> is that Michigan didn't really try to run up the score. They put in the backups and they just ran the ball. They only, I think, attempted three passes in the second half. Probably just that Rutgers would not tackle the people with the ball, and so they would keep running into the end zone. So, uh, yeah, it didn't. The, the the game did not have a lot of energy in the second half. Did you feel bad for Rutgers? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know how how uh, much our re our uh, listeners are aware of the of the weird uh, high school football camp related beef between Rutgers and Michigan. Um, but uh, there was some uh, controversy this summer over Jim Harbaugh hosting a uh, high school football camp in New Jersey. Oh yeah, uh, which I actually I actually mm -hmm. attended in the morning. Uh, the morning of that camp, the field was vandalized, vandalized in air quotes, by some Rutgers fans who I think put teddy bears and like a mean note on the 50-yard line. Um, <laughs> so I, I did, yes, I, I did go in with a, with, you know, with a, a kind of a burning desire to avenge that insult. But yeah, if, after, a, after a point, um, you know, and you're just walking by Rutgers fans on the way to the bathroom and in the, in the line for nachos and everything, it just, yeah, the, the life went out of them a little bit and I did start to feel bad. So you did have some time to let your attention wander, and now I think we could make a, a dis, we could come up with a decree on if in-stadium branding works. Rutgers plays in the I think it's called the High Points Solution Stadium. That's do you, right. Do you know what High Point Solution is? Uh, I do not know. See, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> That's all you need to. And this is during an eighty. This is during a seventy-eight yeah. to nothing game. Yeah. The guy does not even go to his phone or look at the signage to figure out what the High Point Solutions might be. Um, it's also the the signs on the highway still say I think like Rutgers Stadium, so yeah. they haven't even extended it that far. the The thing that fascinated me about this game, 
in addition to Mike's fantastic point there, the the thing that was the second most fascinating about this game is that I think in and this wasn't like a one A versus you know one double A or, or BCS right. versus FBS. These teams are both allegedly in the Big Ten. Um, this is the most lopsided a game could even theoretically be. Mm-hmm. Um, Rutgers didn't get a first down until the fourth quarter. Like this is the 2016 equivalent of the Georgia Tech 222 to nothing Cumberland. over Cumberland. And so I actually I did not watch any of the game. Not not even not watching the second half, but. I can't even imagine what it's like for a team not to be able. I mean, I guess I, I guess I have seen LSU play against Alabama in the 2012 <laughs> national championship. Did they do game. a running clock in the second? But were half? they just literally just like running into the line of scrimmage, just directly into people's backs and just falling over repeatedly? Yeah, it did, it did remind me of high school. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in Michigan with a, which is a fairly uh, robust high school football culture, so I've attended uh, a number of lopsided high school football games. And Rutgers had this one play where the quarterback would roll, kind of roll out. And I guess it, it, it was the kind of thing you see just very, very overmatched teams do. Like literally the quarterback will start the play by trying to run away from the line <laughs> because they know they're going to come right through. And he just needs like a second to throw it. And he still wouldn't even be able to throw it at like a player. So he would just throw it over into the sideline. At one point he switched the ball to his left hand to kind of like toss it to the sideline with his left hand. It, it, had, that, it had that air of like a peewee game um that had that had gotten way out of hand and i was was wondering during halftime if they would go to the running clock because i think that's happened in in division mm-hmm. one this year already um oh, really yeah, yeah, yeah. that I, happened I was joking. In the you Clemson. can actually go to the running yeah, clock if by yeah. mutual agreement of the coaches and it's usually when like, right one of those game. pay for play games right yeah. right yeah. right right but Mich- but, but rutgers is too uh ass proud to say Guys, this is a slaughter. No, we're a Big Ten team. We got to stay with it. Of course, they're not going to. This is a learning experience. I mean, it should be pointed out. Rutgers beat Michigan at the state same stadium two years ago with you know groups of players that were you know substantially similar to the ones that played on Saturday. So the, the idea, <laughs> in so far as that they are, <laughs> they had the same wearing names. uniforms right. and helmets. <laughs> uh, so you know, yeah, I, I I think going in, I was thinking it would be a, a blowout, but you know, it was it was a you never know what could happen. Mm-hmm. You know. There were Rutgers fans telling me before the game, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna take it to you guys." So it wasn't this. That wasn't so obvious that this was gonna happen. Line play is really Mike the thing that can turn a game into just a catastrophe. Because if you can't block anyone, then there's really nothing. There's nothing you can do. There's no play you can call if what Ben is describing is correct. If the de- the defense is just running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I watched with no resistance. You know, in in you're watching a game live, like a, a lot of it's happening on the other end of the field, and you can't kind of like exactly see. You know, I obviously <laughs> knew what was happening on in the big picture, but I did. I taped the game, so when I'm home, I did, I kind of watched a couple. Oh my of- god, he released <laughs> it! <laughs> and, and there were plays on which you know the I kind of watched it four times. <laughs> the five guys on the Rutgers line would not touch any of the four guys on the Michigan line. Before they ran through and sacked the quarterback, and so yeah, that that was kind of what was the root of the problem. Doesn't this doesn't this sort of raise the question of how is this possible in an era when look, there are obviously recruiting imbalances in college football. That's the nature of the sport, but this is crazy. How could one team be so inferior, both physically and in terms of you know the ability to run and 
throw and hand the ball off. What was the tackle. score against Ohio State? It was like 58 to nothing. 58, yeah. And I kind of went, went in thinking, well, Ohio State's probably a little better than Michigan, so maybe we're going to be looking at like a 40s, you know, 40 to 3, something like that. That was kind of a reasonable I, 40 to 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I so was, what, what is uh, the explanation? What is so the why? Yeah. Uh, the the best thing I could, I mean, go, kind of going back to that that game two years ago. I mean, it really was a lot of the same players on the roster, uh, and those teams played a very even game that ended with Rutgers winning. Um, and then Michigan replaced what you know what we we might who might go down in history as one of the worst coaches in college football history, Brady Hoke. Uh, with one of the, <laughs> with one of the better. Sorry, I need to I need to break to laugh for a second there. All right, continue. <laughs> uh, with Jim Harbaugh, who uh, who you know um, maybe he's not the best coach in college right now, but uh, his level of confidence is, is competence is uh, certainly a lot higher than what we saw demonstrated under the Hoke era. So uh, you know he's telling the, those defensive linemen, uh, you know, go forward and go around the Rutgers guys instead of whatever it was Hoke was telling them to do. So I was actually fascinated by this game when I saw that this was the most lopsided victory since Michigan beat University of Chicago 85 to nothing. And I started doing some research into that University of Chicago 85 to nothing game. And there was Mm -hmm. a great article uh, in one of the papers at the time talking about you can't blame the Wolverines. What were they supposed to do? Wait and tie their shoes while the Maroons caught up to them? In the Chicago Tribune, the headline was Maroons hold Harmon to two touchdowns, only lose 85 to nothing. And I want to point out that the Chicago Maroons gave up football after that loss. Three years later, the stadium where that game was played, uh, Stag Stadium, was the site of the first nuclear reactor. The Manhattan Project conducted its work under the stadium. I can only hope that High Point Solution Stadium is repurposed for such Mm -hmm. a national good slash uh, possible war crime. Let's go with the national good. High point. Yeah. That's where they're going to. We're going to eliminate climate change. We're Solar, yes, solve. green, green jobs, green jobs. Uh, Rutgers shouldn't be in the Big Ten. Should it? Should it? Ben, should Rutgers be in the Big Ten? Uh, no, Ben, to get get to a Michigan game once every two years. That is the which probably the, the only point, benefit. Which was the point? <laughs> right, well, that was I, the point of them joining the Big Ten. And uh, I, uh, the, the aggregate demand of people like me is responsible for the Big Ten network being on the base uh, cable, cha- uh, um, you know, offerings in the on the East Coast, and that that uh, adds a couple couple cents per person to the Big Ten's uh, coffers until we have mass uh, cord cutting, and that's why Rutgers and Maryland are in the Big Ten. Is it true that the Rutgers marching band was playing Hail to the Victors <laughs> I think it was after 50, Michigan scored? 57 to nothing. Um, they came around. I think this might be a thing that's just kind of a courtesy in other games, but it certainly symbolized this game to the most extreme degree, which was the, yeah, the band came to the Michigan section, which were their entire sections that had been completely occupied by Michigan fans, and the band was playing the fight song uh, in the third quarter or whatever it was, 57 to nothing. Classic ironic tromboning. <laughs> All right, Ben. Congrats, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, congrats. And... You must be so proud. It was it was the best day of my life. <laughs> uh, and thank you. Slate, it was the best you, day of my life that members. I've been in New Jersey. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, Slate Plus members. We'll be back next week with other Rutgers-related crimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh.